John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Good to be with y'all here today. My name is Pastor Jeremy Bass. Uh, We ended our prayer sermon series last week, and we're starting a new one this morning on the 23rd Psalm. So if you have your Bibles with you and you want to open them up, we're going to be in the 23rd Psalm. Oh, another announcement I forgot. Caitlin, would you raise your hand and wave it around? If you would like to serve in the praise band in any capacity, uh, go see Caitlin after the service. Now that she's kind of settled in and moved here, we're kind of looking to uh, uh, not be one instrument away from being a Church of Christ church, doing all a cappella. So if you're interested in any capacity in serving in the praise band, go see Caitlin after the service. But for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at the 23rd Psalm and diving into this Psalm in particular. And then after this three-week series, we'll be doing a six-week series on the book of Jonah. So the 23rd Psalm, it's one of those passages that I would say is the most memorized chapter in all of Scripture. It's one of the most uh, well-known verses and chapters in all of the Bible. It's whenever I do a funeral, it's almost always the scripture that's requested to be read at every single funeral. It's my go-to scripture to read when people are on their deathbed. It's a go-to scripture when people are in need of comfort. There's just something about the 23rd Psalm that has stands out among all of the other psalms. So we're going to be looking these next three weeks about why is it that this psalm in particular speaks so deeply to us? Why does it resonate so profoundly within our soul? So if you have your Bibles and you want to open them up, I'm not reading from the King James Version, which is probably the version that y'all memorized it in. We're in the NIV translation, which is a little bit different. But here's the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this morning we're looking at those first three verses here in the 23rd Psalm. And looking particularly today at this idea of what does it mean that God is my shepherd, right? It's how the whole uh, psalm is framed. It's, it's this pastoral imagery. It's this image of sheep and shepherd and how that relationship between a sheep and a shepherd is really reflective of our relationship between us and God. And as David, who grew up as a shepherd, who grew up tending the flocks of his father, knew what it was like to be a shepherd for the flocks. And he looks to his relationship with God and he sees a ton of similarities there. 
Throughout scripture, throughout the whole biblical narrative, we see that God uses this image of him being the shepherd over and over again. We see it throughout the prophetic books. We see that God calls out to his people and says, I will take away the bad shepherds that have been watching over my people and replace them with a new and better and good shepherd. Jesus in his gospel says, I am the good shepherd. Right? He says that those who, hear, those who know me hear my voice and follow me. There's this shepherding imagery that's all throughout the pages of Scripture. And so why is it here in the psalm we see that the Lord continues to highlight this shepherding image? And I think the first thing that we can see in this passage about why does it speak to our soul, why does it seem to reverberate so deeply to us, is because... God as a shepherd reminds us of his goodness to us. That God as a shepherd reminds us of his goodness towards us. Looking at those first three verses again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That the shepherding of God is related to the not lacking of anything. Or the the not having want. There is nothing I want as the King James says. That because the Lord is our shepherd, because the Lord is good to us, within our soul we are content and we lack nothing. And then it goes on to say what God does for his sheep, what God does for us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. When we look at that opening three verses, we see that there's those four verbs about what God does for his sheep, about what God does for us, that he makes us lie down in green pastures. He brings us to wide open spaces that are calm and peaceful. He leads us beside the quiet waters to the waters that we need. He refreshes our soul, restores our inner being, and then he guides us along the right path. He directs our steps and tells us what to do next. That there's this imagery throughout this psalm about how God is good to his people just like a shepherd is good to his sheep. Because in this passage, uh, sheep, you may have heard from sermons before, are not the brightest of animals and can be a little stubborn at times. And so that we see lifted up in this passage that he makes them lie down in green pastures. That the Lord brings us to where there is green pastures, that there's this, uh, that sheep are nomadic, they have to move from patch of grass to patch of grass, and how the Lord will guide and watch us and bring us to where we need to go, and how he leads us beside quiet waters. Uh, sheep uh, will not drink from rivers that are running too fast. In fact, there are some uh, studies that show that um, sheep, if the water is running too fast, even if they're like dying of thirst, will refuse to drink from a stream that is running too quickly. And so what the image that is shown here is that the shepherd knows that his sheep need quiet waters. And so the Lord brings his sheep to the quiet waters. The Lord brings him to the spaces that they so desperately need. And when we look at our own lives and we think about how God moves and works within our own uh, spiritual life and just our daily life, that God brings us to those spaces of quiet waters. Now sometimes those pass to the quiet waters takes us through the valley. 
takes us through the darkest valley, as the NIV says, or the valley of the shadow of death, as it says in the King James. Sometimes that path to get to the quiet place is through a mountain landscape, through a rocky terrain, or to a desert. Part of the Christian life is having this unshakable hope within us, that our circumstances that surround us, that the things that we're going through, that the struggles that we have do not shake the goodness of God that we know, because we know how the story ends, we know where he is leading us, and we know that where God is leading us is to a place of goodness, that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, because I know the good shepherd is walking with me. So as we look at the psalm and we are reminded of God's goodness to us, are we holding on to God's goodness no matter what we're feeling? Do we have this unshakable hope that we know the one who has walked with us in the past, we know the one who has led us to quiet waters, we know the one who has refreshed our soul, and do we trust that Jesus will still be good to us do we have that unshakable hope within us? That's why I think the 23rd Psalm speaks so deeply to us, because it reminds us of the goodness of God even in the darkest of times in our lives. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I lack. I think the second thing that speaks to us in this passage, I think this passage reminds us that we need to have a posture of humility in our lives. We need to have a posture of humility. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not, I am my shepherd. Not, I am my own keeper. Not, I am the one in control. We are fundamentally sheep. We are the ones who are meant to follow the shepherd. We ourselves are not the shepherd. And how we need to have this heart posture of humility. I think the, the virtue of humility is really, I think, one that's been lost in the American church, that we think that being humble is seen as being weak, but as we see all throughout the pages of Scripture, that humility is probably one of the greatest virtues, one of the greatest values in God's kingdom, because it mimics what Jesus does and how Jesus serves us and is humble before us, that the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. In other words, uh, what David is saying is because I've put myself in the right place, that I've sort of submitted myself to the Lord, that I've made him my shepherd, that I am going where he calls me to go, that there is a deep sense of contentment within his soul. That the humility that comes when we follow Jesus, that the humility that we need to sow, that this sort of sense that Jesus is the one in control, and we are not. And I know that that kind of bristles against our American understanding of sort of this rugged individualism or this idea that I can create my own destiny. But the call of Christ in our lives is to uh, submit ourselves to someone who is greater than ourselves. And it all goes back to the goodness of God, right? We are humble before the Lord because we trust the one who we're submitting ourselves to. Because we know that God is good, that he leads us to good places, that he leads us beside quiet waters, that he restores our soul, that he will guide us into where we need to go. Therefore, we can trust him as our shepherd. 
What does it look like in our lives to submit ourselves in humility to the Lord? To not do things the way that we want them to go, but to submit ourselves to God's direction and guidance. That humility is one of the hearts that we see in the 23rd Psalm. And then the last thing that I think this, especially these first three verses, uh, lift up about the 23rd Psalm is that we need a shepherd to follow. We need a shepherd to follow. And how I think this is something that the Lord has just been impressing on my heart about this passage as I've just been kind of praying and thinking the past few days is, you know, I don't think we've been doing a very good job of following the shepherd. I don't think we've been doing a very good job of following where Jesus wants us to go. I think that's because we haven't really trusted him all that much recently. That we've been in this sort of season in our lives where we don't trust the goodness of God or we find ourselves in a dark valley. And it's sort of like when the darkness comes and surrounds us, we don't trust that the shepherd that we've been following our lives is suddenly going to lead us through this dark valley. But I feel like the message that the Lord wants to give to us today is this call to follow him. It's this call to follow him once again, to submit our ways to him, to trust that he is indeed a good shepherd, which means that he is the one who is guiding and directing our paths, that he will guide us along right paths for his name's sake, that we can trust when we follow him into places that maybe we don't want to go, or maybe places that seem a bit scary. I believe Jesus is calling us once again to follow him anew. Not necessarily rededicate our lives to Christ, but to follow him truly and authentically once more. You know, I've, I've been praying recently. I went to New Room Conference this past few days, and it's always sort of uh, my main spiritual retreat that I go to every year um, to kind of like refresh my own soul. It's my escape to kind of go and just spend time with the Lord and when I went there, usually I go and I, like, eat up all the learning, like, all the, the head knowledge that I, that I need to go. And this time I went, and I felt the Lord say to me, uh, Jeremy, you're coming here not to learn anything new, but you're coming to receive prayer. You're coming to encounter the Lord. And so I spent that whole weekend spending more time in the prayer room than in the main session and how just like experiencing and encountering the Lord in that time. And there were many instances over this past few days that the Lord told me to follow him in places that I didn't necessarily want to go. Um, there was this one instance on, uh, was it Wednesday? All the days blend together. There was this one instance where the Lord told me to reach out to someone and tell them that I needed to forgive them, or that need, wanted me to reach out to someone and tell them that I had forgiven them, and I didn't want to do it. Uh, I was like, Lord, this is not what I want to do right now, but you know, sometimes you just have this sense, like sometimes following God doesn't make sense, sometimes stepping into obedience doesn't make sense, but I felt the Lord kind of say to me, you won't truly release this from your soul and be able to move on unless you first reach out and forgive them. 
And so I did it, and the response that I got floored me. And it was just a sort of like thing that got unlocked within my soul that once I had reached out and forgiven that person, that I felt like I had been almost set free from what had been holding me back for so long. And so I reached out and forgave that person. And then the next day, um, during the, they had like a ministry time at the end of the second session. And man, the Lord was just like pouring out, just like, I don't know, vision and just what the Lord desires wants, what he wants to do here at this church. What God desires to do, and it, he just poured out all these different hopes and dreams about how God wants to move and work among the community here at this church. And it was just this sort of like awakening within my soul and this uh, re revived passion, I would say, that I hadn't experienced in a long time. Um, Y'all may not have known this. I think I've mentioned it in my sermons or at least hinted at it. Uh, I was not in a good place for probably the past nine months. I was really struggling with a lot of different things, and I've, I don't know if I straight up said it from here, but I definitely have hinted at it. Um, and this past weekend, you know, I go to New Room every single year, and it's sort of like uh, you go to these kind of spiritual places, and you're just wanting to encounter the risen Lord. Have you ever had this moment in your life where you kind of reach the end of your rope, and you're you're kind of just thinking, man, you know what I really need right now is to encounter the risen Jesus. You ever have a moment like that in your life? And so I'm going throughout this whole weekend, and I've had some encounters with God throughout this weekend, but nothing like a, you know, like that mountaintop spiritual camp high. You know what I'm talking about? Like they were all like good, good encounters with the Lord, but nothing like super profound that I had felt and so it was the last day. Actually, band, y'all can come back up. This is kind of my last story, I just realized. Um, so it was the last day, and there was something that the speaker said that kind of put me in a bad headspace. And it was the last session. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to head back home early. And so I'm driving back here to Brian, and I'm about uh, 10 minutes outside the church when suddenly... Uh, Someone that I know who is here texts me and says, Hey, uh, have you, are you still here? Have you left yet? And she said, or I said, No, I've already gone. Um, I kind of got triggered during the speaker and I'm heading out. And she said, Well, I feel like the Lord wants you to turn around right now because I think he wants to set you free from some stuff. And so I was like, All right, well, that's pretty good word for me and so I turned around and I went back into the prayer room and we prayed for probably about an hour together and I had that encounter that I had been so desiring that whole weekend that I felt the Lord had really set me free from something on Friday that this sort of thing that had been plaguing me for so long the Lord uh, in his mercy decided to set me free on the very last day and I think that sometimes what following Jesus is a lot like. And I think that's what this psalm really lifts up. That sometimes Jesus calls us to follow him and trust where he is leading us. Trust where he is guiding us, even when he doesn't tell us what the next step is. Even when he doesn't tell us what's going to happen next. I think really the call that Jesus has placed on my heart for us today 
think Jesus wants us to encounter him today. That's why I'm preaching shorter today. I think y'all may need to fill the time with some music. Um, I really think the Lord wants us to encounter him today. I really think Jesus wants us to, like I said, not recommit our lives, but recommit our path to him. That this word that just kept coming to mind as I was praying about this sermon is just follow Jesus, follow Jesus. You know, I believe Jesus wants to give this church new wine. Jesus desires to pour out so many wonderful things on this church. Like I say, he just gave me vision after vision of what God wants to do here in this space. But I believe what God wants us to do primarily is not go to him and ask for a vision for this church. But will we have a posture that says, yes, Lord, I will go where that next step is, even if it makes me uncomfortable even if I don't know where that leads, to just have that posture to say, Lord, I will follow you where you call us as a church to go. Lord, I will follow you in my life where, I call, where you call me to go because I trust that you are the one who guides me, because I trust that you are the one who will make my path right, because I trust that you will be with me even through the darkest valley. So we're just gonna spend some time just going to spend some time in prayer and if y'all get any words you can share them as well so church would you just bow your heads right now lord we just invite you here today lord come holy spirit jesus we just ask that you might walk into the room that your glory just might fall among us here today lord we ask for those who are hurting for those who carry unforgiveness within their soul. Lord, would you help them choose to forgive today? Or Lord, would you help them choose to want to forgive today? Or for those who are carrying heavy burdens, pray that they might lay them down at your feet that they might receive where you want them to go. Lord, that this promise of quiet waters is something that doesn't feel real maybe at times. So I pray that those receive it. Lord, for those who have stubborn hearts that don't want to follow you as shepherd, Lord, I just pray that you break up those hearts of stone. Give them a heart of flesh. Jesus, that you encounter them today.
sometimes it's being told to reach out and forgive someone that you don't really want to do. Sometimes it's being told to turn around and come back to a place that you had already left. Trust that Jesus is our shepherd. He leads us beside quiet waters. He restores our soul. It's good things in store for us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.